Alex, we are just positively overflowing with video games we played this weekend. There's just going to be too much to talk about for the next 60 minutes. Uh, I played so many video games that I literally don't think I can talk about any video games because just trying to pick one for any given moment is just going to be far too overwhelming. I just peak video games, man. I would just be unfair, you know. If you can't yeah. talk about all of them, then why? Why talk about any of them? You know, you got to right. be, you got to treat it equal, equality. So we should just cancel this show. That's it. We can't. We're never going to cover anything right. This is this is a disaster. Just thanks for tuning in. Fuck it, video games. That seems like a good iTunes review. Yeah. Someone can someone get on that. No, uh, yeah, we we each had weekends where we weren't really near video games, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I was out of the house a decent amount, so I did not actually sit down and really play much of anything. Uh, the closest I got uh, was having uh, the one and only Kara Ellison come over for a little while so that we could go out to Flushing and go get some dim sum. She's in video games, so that's sort of like a video game, but that's not really mm -hmm. me playing video games, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So that did not, no. Yeah, I played about 30 minutes of Divinity, but my, my Sunday was washed away because I had my first real bad allergy reaction oh, no. this year. Just has not... I've had, you know, I've sneezed a couple of times, but just yeah. like any any human being sneezes. Hmm. And then yesterday, man, I don't I don't know what it was, but I just it was a debilitating nightmare of just sneezing every 10 seconds and my eyes and my, it was bad. It was Ugh. a bad situation. But and what made it worse is because I haven't had any problems at all this year so far. I didn't take any medication. Like early on, I just thought, oh, it's whatever. I'm, I'm fine. And then, I have at least found that medication becomes increasingly difficult to be helpful once you are in the middle of a full blown allergy attack. Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't get allergies super bad. Like I, at their worst, I get like a little bit of the watery eyes. I'll definitely have you know your sneezing fits and what have you. But uh, since I've moved here. My allergies have gotten much better. Uh, they used to be far worse in California, uh, for whatever reason. I just whatever plants are in California agree with my sinuses far, far less than uh, what whatever's out here. So I'm actually pretty okay. Unfortunately, my girlfriend is absolutely miserable every year, like having to take constant medication, just anything she can do to try and deal with it. And on top of that. Uh, mosquitoes absolutely love her. So oh, on top of sucks. having allergies, she has to deal with bug bites and constant uh, attacks from, from various minuscule creatures trying to drink her blood. So summer is kind of a miserable time for her all around. Well, and like a real bad allergy attack, if if anyone watching is or listening is not aware. It's basically, it, man, it feels like you have the flu. Mm -hmm. It's just you it's can't. You're probably taking enough medication at that point that your brain is slowed down. You can't really process things. I like I tried to play Divinity and was just like, "Yep, this is nope, not not today." So, so my plan was I was like, "Ah, oh, well, okay, I can't play Divinity. I, I, you know, I haven't played games all weekend. You know, what can I do?" So we were just sitting around, you know, catching up on the second half of uh, that Agents of Shield show before we see Guardians of the Galaxy later this week. It's not a show you need to be paying like very particular attention to it's it's certainly a one you can you can watch with your ipad out and get everything out about uh what's happening right uh, so i was looking for something to play and i needed something that wouldn't require sound which is also part of it and you know in worth reading later today and in worth reading last week i, I have twice highlighted articles about this kim kardashian hollywood which is a video game yeah. put out by glue mobile which is one of the more prominent uh, app developers and the, what people are writing about this game was intriguing. Yeah, like the line was always, "It's better than you think," and I needed to know why. Because en enough writers that I deeply respect had written interesting pieces about this Kim Kardashian video game that I wanted to know for myself, like why? What is that qualifier? Like, what does that exactly mean? So I decided. I downloaded it. It's free, so, you know, that would, what, how much harm can it do? But I downloaded it last night. So, 
past me, and by past me, I mean me like two weeks ago, uh, would have completely dismissed this game out of hand simply on the merit that it has Kim Kardashian on the front and it just sounds like the kind of, you know, crappy cash grab that any sort of celebrity-oriented video game tends to be. Uh, but like you, I've read a fair amount from people about, you know, how it's actually kind of subversively funny. Uh, the game part of it is surprisingly well-designed. There's, like, a whole host of things about it that make it much more than just, you know, a game that someone slapped Kim Kardashian's brand on. Uh, now, I'm having a hard time wrestling with that notion because my... Uh, and maybe I all my perceptions are incorrect. I have no idea. But my perception has always been that Kim Kardashian... Anything that is associated with that is sort of somehow lessened by comparison. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Kanye West's material has gotten better since the whole Kim Kardashian <laughs> thing has started. I like Yeezus just fine, but, you know. So, maybe that perception is incorrect. Patrick, is it? Well, so, it's a time game, right? So, there, are, it's, it's a game of meters, basically. There are, there are meters everywhere. You are, you know, you... you the game's premise is that you are working at some sort of hip clothing shop somewhere in Los Angeles, and you can be a you know a guy or girl, and then you have just a happenstance run-in with Kim Kardashian, and mm -hmm. she takes a liking to you and says, "Oh, you should come by this photo shoot." And then, as a result of coming by this photo shoot, you kind of get the ball rolling on the gameplay or, or the the gameplay arc, which is to go from a E-list celebrity to an A-list celebrity. So, like, when you when you walk in, you know, Kim has a little icon that says an A, and that is kind of what you are headed towards so that you can be on her level. And so the actual, like, gameplay is just... It's a pretty well-drawn world. that are There are little icons all over the place, and you have to spend these lightning bars, which are essentially your energy meter, uh, on those. And then when those are up, you have to wait on a cooldown in order to to use more of those on the environment and you have to use those on the environment to get the little icons that fill up the other meter which level you up and when you level up you can wear better clothes which then allow you to participate in events that are also gated by stuff like that that allow you to gain more fame which allows your fame to go up and then when your fame goes up you can have more fans and when you have more fans then you can go from an E-list celebrity to an A-list celebrity. So you can see already it's just a game of meters that are touching other meters, and then those meters go up, and then the other meter goes up, and then the other meter goes up. And so in that respect, I don't know if this thing is any good. I don't... Those types of gameplay mechanics gross me out, and they're created in order to... You don't need to buy anything in this game, but uh -huh. if you want to be playing it for more than spurts of 15 minutes then you have to be buying things in this game. There does not appear to be, at least early on, a way to carefully balance or play skillfully in a way that will allow you to continue to do things for, let's say, 90 minutes of watching mm. a couple episodes of a television show. But the subversive angle of it is 100% right on. The writing is incredibly funny. It is constantly really? making fun of the celebrity culture that Kim Kardashian and the people who, you know give her power by worshiping her as a celebrity uh, participate in and it's it's literally it is actually I was laughing out loud like multiple times during huh. my experience I put a couple of photos up on on Twitter last night while I was I was playing it but I yeah I was I was actually laughing and I was I was surprised at it do you think this is just a case of a team of developers getting saddled with this game and no real oversight other than make it something functional so that we don't get sued and them just take it and being like, fuck it, let's just run with it, let's just make it what we want it to be, let's make it something better than what they're asking for? Like, how how does that happen that a game that sounds, by all accounts, like exactly the kind of, you know, sort of time-sucking cash grab thing that any sort of celebrity-focused game would be become something better than that. I don't even know if it's something better than that as much as it's aware of what it is. Sure. Right? So it even makes fun of the 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 very soul-sucking gameplay mechanics that it's using, you know, to be quote-unquote free when, you know, it's it's definitely not. It is it is a game you can download for free. 
right. and then very soon, if you want to continue participating in in this little wheelhouse, you're going to have to fork over some money. But you know, does it make it a better? Is it better that it's aware that it's kind of complete garbage and pokes fun at itself, knowing that it has to exist anyway? Does that make it a better thing? I'm not I sure. Mean, it makes it funnier. On some level, yes, it does. I also think that, you know, to a degree, like, I think there is merit in the idea of poking fun at something like that if that is the framework you are constrained to. Like, if this is the kind of game you have to make, then by all means, make fun of it. That doesn't necessarily make me want to play it, though, because that means I'm actually going out of my way to take this thing that is making fun of the very thing that it is. And well, so it doesn't it doesn't make fun of her necessarily. Well, I'm not talking about her. I just mean like the type of game and the the type right. of culture around it and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's it feels like it gets awfully close to I start wondering about how this game was made and mm-hmm. if Kim Kardashian was to play this game, would she think it was f- like to her would this seem funny? Like, is it wink, wink, like that she is this hyper aware of the celebrity culture as well? Or would this come across as crass and offensive and sort of, you know, making fun of the, the entire empire that she, you know, rightfully has, has built on her own? And I don't know. It's I'm fascinated by it, though. And I th- and that's what I wonder about the subversive nature of it, because by being subversive, does it try and pretend that it's OK to exists when that is not necessarily the case right like is it using irony as a way to shield itself from criticism for still doing the all the same things that a lot of these games do it just happens to have a really big brand associated with it which makes the irony that much heavier because it actually has you know a fairly large target that is you know attached to the name itself I, i guess two things one She's probably stoked at the idea that something associated with her brand isn't just getting shit on left and right by everybody instantaneously. Because, I mean, as much as she is, you know, a very powerful person all of a sudden in celebrity culture, uh, there is definitely a subset of people who will just take anything she does and just immediately call it garbage. And, you know, hey, I've been guilty of doing exactly that because I certainly don't watch their show. I have no interest in anything that she is associated with in general. Uh, it, it is not my thing. So I imagine that the, if there are people out there who are actually writing impassioned defenses of like what this game is and what it represents and all that stuff, and I have read a couple of those pieces, uh, that's probably just bonus all around. You know, I mean, that game is going to make money regardless, and if there are people out there who are actually willing to defend it, that is probably pretty great for her. Uh, the other side of it is, you know... I still don't want to play it. Like I've watched videos of it. I've I've read the the defenses of it. I've I've listened to what you have to say. It just that kind of irony just doesn't hold a shit ton of appeal to me anymore. It just I don't want to put my time into something that is even if it's aware of what it is and it is finding ways to make that kind of funny. It just it's not enough. It's not enough to me to say, okay, well, that's enough to make me like this because I still don't like those types of games at all. Yeah, I mean, and that I don't, you know, I'll probably invest, you know, a couple more nights of just kind of poking at it when I'm, I'm watching television to, to see where it goes. But, you know, unless it radically changes, there there is nothing about the game itself I find particularly interesting. It It may be a well-made one of those, but that's it's still <laughs> one of only, those. It's still it's still one of those. It's still a game of of meters. And although it's kind of fun and playful, how the the icons dance around, and at least the way you're spending things, it, I, I don't know. It's yes, I think the game deserves a lot of credit for being hyper aware and and breaking the fourth wall in a lot of ways. And it and it's not just that it's aware. It is like fairly like a biting, hilarious commentary about. Um, celebrity culture and, and really spends a lot of time poking fun at the media uh, and, and the way that you know media culture builds up these people and tears them down uh, you know and that's you know getting into critiques of celebrity culture is, is, its, is its own thing but it's that is certainly probably the, the thing that the game is is most aware of is 
is talking about the media circus that surrounds all of this stuff. And so all that stuff, again, makes it kind of funny when you're, you know, you have a Twitter feed in the game that is constantly getting sort of updated and you can kind of interact and choose like dialogue bubbles and in terms of how you respond. And I don't know, it's a type of game that I never interact with. And if you've ever wanted to see what one of these games is like and at least feel like you'll enjoy one part of it as you go through, this is probably your best bet. Yeah. Uh, I know that some people really liked that. Was it Simpsons Tapped Out was one of the, was, I think it was one of the. Yeah, that that is the name of the game. I've never played it because I've gotten way too many in-app, hey, you should download this things from other EA mobile games uh, to to ever want to download that game ever. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, if the, yeah, the, the, the filling the meter game and then waiting to fill the meter again, you know, I don't, I don't like doing that, but yeah, it is, it is, it is, it is free. It is relatively harmless. And if you wanted to spend 90 minutes in front of it to see what people are talking about, you can definitely get a sense of what that is, uh, in, in the first like 90 minutes where you'll be able to play kind of uninterrupted before you start running into a lot of heavy gating where there's just there's literally nothing uh, for yeah. you to do. But uh, someone in the in the chat just linked to another game that uh, Glue Mobile made called Stardom: The A List, where it kind of looks like it's the same game. Did they did they actually just take a version of a game they'd already made and turn that into the Kim Kardashian game and then rewrite it? I guess I don't know. Oh, is that this, looks, this Stardom: The A List? Yeah, I it bet kinda, this. It kind of looks the same, at least, if nothing else. I'm looking at the screenshots. On our website. I'm glad there are screenshots of this game on our website. I was... Sometimes when I write about uh, stuff, like when I was linking to the Kim Kardashian game and worth reading, I, I was like, do I really need to add this to the database? It's only going to get mentioned here once. I'm not going to bother. But then, thankfully, the users had already added it. You know, it's a cultural touchstone right now, so it's probably <laughs> best that we have it at least in the database somewhere. You know what? I think this is this seems like it is just a straight-up reskin. Yeah. This, this looks a lot... Well, you know, so, okay, Stardom takes place in New York City. This takes place the, in uh, Los Angeles. Huge uh, difference. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, when Obviously, the art is definitely, you know, they went for historical accuracy. But, hmm. Well, I'm hmm. sure reskins happen. I'm sure they happen all the time on the iOS store. Yeah, and, and I imagine they, they did a lot of original, you know, writing for that game and stuff. So it's not yeah, just the yeah, same thing. Pro- yeah, I would, I would imagine. You know, like they have, you know, a Paris Hilton equivalent and some stuff like that. In, there you go. Called Willow Page in the Kardashian game, and she's pretty funny. Uh, and, and the game has some, like, interesting, even, like, for example, the, the, the first, like, as it's introducing all the sort of things you can do in the world before it sort of just kind of lets you loose and... To the, to the world of meters is that you uh, you go to a bar and I assume this would be the, the, the flip side if you had picked uh, to play as a woman but I was playing as a guy that kind of looked like me and you can flirt with this sort of Paris Hilton type and that kind of introduces you to sort of like the different romance options you have in the game and the dates you can go on and then when you go back to meet with Kim she says oh I'm going to set you up on a date she's like you're into girls right and then gives you the option to change that characteristic of the character that you're playing, uh, where you know it introduces the the romance option from a very specific lens, but then says, "Hey, you want to do it the other way? Uh, you know, you're you're free to play that kind of character," uh, which I thought was, I don't know, a little more progressive and inclusive than I expected a game like Kim Kardashian Hollywood to be. But I don't know. That I thought that was a an interesting little bit that uh, they at least gave you the option to play with. Yeah, I saw a few other people bring that up when talking about that game, and yes, you're right, that is a little bit more progressive. I also think it's absolutely idiotic that we're still having to have this conversation over and over again, where it's like, this is a special thing in games that only occasionally, you know, they get right. Like, it's just, that's the tiring aspect for me, is the idea that, like, every time, even something like this, when it it does it, it gets held up for it, because it's like, hey, this is a cool thing that it did, It's instead of just saying, hey, this is the standard thing that everyone does, you know? Yeah, and, 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 you know, to, to the larger point that might be more applicable to to a lot of the folks watching this was that, it's like the story I featured last week uh, in Worth Reading was specifically about uh, a woman for Jezebel, one of the, the Gawker sites, wrote, 
she spent like $500 in a week. And I'm sure part of it was, you know, that she was spending, you know, gawker money. I don't, I don't know if she disclosed that or not, but I'd have to imagine that was part of it. And even if it wasn't, what I found interesting about it was as much as we deride free to play mechanics and the, you know, the weird gating that happens with these energy meters and, and how it feels so, so soul sucking compared to the really rich gameplay experiences we get out of a lot of the other games we play. Not to say that a lot of these free to play designs aren't uh, detestful and, and we, we shouldn't approve of them, but there are large swaths of people that just don't care. Yeah. Like they're just fine with it. Like they're, it's just, they don't play games in the way we do and they're okay with pulling out their phone every couple of hours They've got an hour to kill, and that's worth $5 to them to, to fill that hour continually with this one game that maybe makes them laugh. And I try, I'm try, I feel like it can be a slightly elitist to look down on that too much if that makes people happy. I mean, I don't look down on the idea of spending money on these types of games if that's what entertains people. Like, I, I've certainly spent my share of money. I mean, me, you know, spending a little money to buy some decks in Hearthstone or you know buy some 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 cards in Hearthstone is not that much worse than someone spending a couple of bucks to fill an hour or two when they need to kill some time it's just the quality of the game that sometimes I I, I take umbrage with like the issue of spending money on in-app purchases is not inherently an evil thing it's that a lot of these games just what they offer to me at least just seems tedious in a way that is not really entertaining at all and so yeah I don't know that's that's just kind of where I come off on on that side of it yeah, and later today I'll have uh, a big um, interview with one of the developers uh, worked on the room where we talk about a lot of this type of stuff, and you know the the idea that a, a, one of the reasons that at, you know serious game developers work and make games for the App Store is partially based on this theory that these predatory or you know seemingly predatory game design that has hooked in large crowds of people. You know, do they play that stuff only because they don't know any better? And if they were exposed to, you know, more quality game experiences, would they convert? Would they then value games more? Or is there a good enough mentality that these people don't have any interest in engaging with games on a deeper level or with deeper gameplay experiences and crossing your fingers and hoping that if they're exposed to better stuff means they would enjoy better stuff or have better taste uh, in games as a result may just be a fallacy on its face. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true. Um, it is probably true that it informs a bad perception of, for them about what games can be, but mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if the conversion ratio for this audience would be all that high regardless. Yeah, there are tons of people who are just never going to get into more complicated or, you know, just deeper games in general because that's just not what they're interested in. I mean, I... I have tried for years to get my parents uh, and also my stepsister into, you know, any kind of games that aren't just like, you know, kind of frivolous cell phone time wasters. And it, it'll just never work because they just don't like those kinds of games. My stepdad played the original Legend of Zelda, loved the absolute shit out of it. I bought him Ocarina of Time. My stepsister bought him an N64 so he could play it. He played about four hours of it and was like, nah, I don't know, not really didn't really do it for me that's the one game he will ever go back to from any <laughs> old system the original legend of zelda that is it i could give him any other iteration of that game even though it's doing the same formula he will he just like no i just i just don't like it as much you know people have those things that they lock into that they like that 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 work for them good for them that's that that you can't force people to like things they're just not interested in yeah, and the one thing that came up in, in my interview that'll be up later is that the weird thing about the sort of free-to-play crowd, and I know that seems like oddly dismissive to characterize it that way, but like, you know, these very popular games on these different app marketplaces, and a lot of them are, you know, free-to-play or free-to-win, if you want to maybe categorize them more accurately. Sure. If you were to... This developer I was talking to, Barry Mead, um, I know it's uh, Barry... Uh, Barry, not Barry, Barry. Yeah, it's Barry Mead. Barry Mead. And uh, one of the things he mentioned when he has discussions about free-to-play games and talking to these audiences and when he's 
sort of uh, read up on sort of these demographics is that if you ask these very same people who seem to who play a lot of what we perceive as shallow gameplay experiences or exploitative game experiences, you know, if you, if you ask them, well, do you intentionally seek out to listen to the worst music or watch the worst movies? And they're insulted yeah. because no, of course not. And so I think that you have to kind of keep that in mind when you think about, you know, these games is, uh, I think it's partially just kind of where the medium is right now in terms of a wider perception. It may be being damaged by a lot of these games that are continually popular and obviously popular because they're free. Like one of the other things that Barry mentioned that was interesting was that, you know, the most common way to find a new game for the average user is to just go to the top grossing metric, uh, you know, in the, the, t- the top charts in the App Store, and there's the top free games, top grossing, top paid, blah, 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 blah. And if you look at the, you know, top one through 30, you'll probably think that those are on the top because they're pretty good. Are you going to check out that game that's $1.99 that's, you know, 52? Probably not. Yeah. Cuz you think it's there for a reason when that's not even true. But I mean it is true, but not true for the reasons that would be immediately obvious when looking at the chart, you know, off the cuff. Sure. Anyway. Well, that is a lot of time spent talking about Kim Kardashian and free-to-play games and mobile games and what have you they're interesting they are interesting. they exist hey you want you can you can drive them all you want they're still out there and a lot of people are playing them and that makes them i think fascinating to watch and and see why they appeal to people yeah and i'm not gonna sit here and say that i'm above ever playing those kinds of games like i certainly played my share of tiny tower when that first came out you know meter games are i'm not i'm certainly not too good for them it's just, you know, I think I, I had my fill of those for a little while, and I'm not... I just... I, I, the more people tell me about this Kim Kardashian game, the more I want to actually try it, but then I actually look at what the game is and, the, and look at screenshots and watch videos, I'm like, I don't want to play this! Don't Patrick, am I going to have to play this? No, I'll do it for okay. you. Okay. I got it. Okay. It's all on me. You it's are now our Kim me. Kardashian culture editor. Yeah, sure. I, and from anime editor to Kim Kardashian culture editor, that seems yeah, that seems like a fair transition. This does mean you have to start watching the E Network show now. Oh, it's it's on in our house every once in a while, anyway. So I'm already there. <laughs> it's always on at the gym. Whenever I'm at the gym, like that, it, it is always tuned. One of the TVs yep. is always tuned to the E Network. Yep, it's it's impossible to avoid. <laughs> you can't whatever you do, it's uh, it's somewhere. But let's uh, move on to. Yes. Some of the news. There was a, a Comic-Con over the weekend. Uh, it did happen. stuff that uh, came out of there that is worth talking about. Uh, well, non-Comic-Con related, but we'll, another convention. Uh, so Sony's Gamescom page uh, briefly had a list of games up that were going to be at Gamescom. Uh, of course, it was taken down not too soon after, uh, but it was uh, captured by the folks at uh, the users at NeoGAF, in which it reveals... Uh, we are going to get a, a PS4 version of Journey. Um, the, That's not surprising. The dormant, but uh, was always told to be still in development, uh, PlayStation Move horror game. We'll see if it's still a PlayStation Move game. Uh, mm. Until Dawn uh, is now a, a PlayStation 4 game. And we're mm. going to check out Q Games' newest pixel junk game, Nom Nom Galaxy, which I think they've already, they already announced that. They showed a video of that, right? That was like an early access game. I've heard that, like, specifically Nom Nom Galaxy said to me by someone, so that must have been yeah, out there. Yeah, it's an somewhere. early access game on Steam right yeah. now. Yeah, okay. Um, but, I, yeah, man, it has been a couple of years since I played Journey. I will happily play Journey a second. I will double dip on Journey, and I will, oh, play, that, yeah. I will play that a second time in 1080p, 60 frames a second. Oh, my God, I'm in definitively to me the best that game company game uh just yeah still one of my favorite experiences in any video game over the last few years it's a really simple but extremely elegant thing that is one of those games that i have any just about anyone i've showed it to uh including people who do not play a lot of video games have at the very least expressed a strong interest in watching me play it uh I don't know what it is about that game. I don't know what it is about just the design of it and visually and just mechanically, but it's 
that that is that is a game that has stuck with me in a way that most games do not. Yeah, and it's one of those games I wish I wish more games had like attract modes. I would love to just have Journey on playing. Just the the, the world looks incredible. I listen to the soundtrack all the time when I'm writing. Um, it's just yeah, that is one of those games that early on when they when they said they were gonna have flower at the PlayStation 4 lounge. I was like, okay, that's fine. But come on. Port the game that we all actually want. Port Journey. That's the one, that's the one I want. Yeah. I actually want it. I mean, if, you know, Flower looks fine. It looks beautiful. I I certainly enjoyed that game at the time, but um, yeah, Journey is is something else. Oh, I guess there are other PS4 ports that uh, Joystick points out. There have been a content rating uh, sort of entries for Hustle Kings. Which is a, that's a pool game, I believe. Picks the cat. I don't know what that is. And the is unfinished that? swan. Ah, oh, the unfinished swan. Yeah. What is that cat game? I don't know. I'm trying to picks the cat. That's not that that PlayStation cat mascot, is it? I can never remember no. the name of that thing. Uh oh, I'm looking at it. It picks the cat. It's like some little old school looking games, I guess. Oh, okay. But uh, unfinished swan. That was a game that. I wanted to like much more than I actually did. Wait, which one? Uh, Unfinished one. Oh yeah, yeah. Not not. I don't remember much liking the game part of it so much. It was visually really cool, but I don't remember enjoying playing it very much. I actually don't even really remember how it plays exactly. Like I I, I spent a couple of hours with it and then I just kind of forgot about it. You um you know like the the mechanics change from world to world, but it sort of starts out with where you have just a you know it's just white. And then you're spraying ink kind of all over the world. To oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Sort of inform and figure out exactly where to go. It's a super neat idea. And that's about all I got out of it. It was it was, it was, was not the profound revelatory experience that the journey mm. was. It's, you know, if it becomes a PlayStation Plus game, absolutely worth checking out. But, um, yeah, it's not quite, not quite on the same level as Journey, for sure. Well, fair enough. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I think the you know continuing to put out updated versions of those older games is is pretty interesting. I don't know how I feel about paying for them. The yeah. Second time. If there's like, been considerable development work going into making them, uh, you know, better for the PlayStation Four, then that's fine. I think Journey is probably the one of those games that I would be willing to plop down some more money on just because it's so good. But. Yeah, I don't know. In general, I think at some point they're going to have to get past this uh, this porting of old games thing because like it's a it's a it's an okay stopgap solution for now. It's like here's the thing you remember, but now it's better. Uh, while we work on all these other games that maybe will come out someday, uh, but I don't think they can kind of keep doing this for too much longer, especially in the volume that they're doing it without like at a, there's not a whole lot of original stuff coming out on the PS4 right now. So you know, yeah, and you know I'm. I want to play The Last of Us again, but I have to admit I was given some pause at at paying $50 for that. Yeah. Uh, I am not discounting any of the work that Naughty Dog clearly put into that. It is, you know, the way they talked about it, the amount of attention to detail, you know, the idea that you can pick between 60 frames a second or 30 frames a second if you want, you know, the faster frame rate or the uh, sort of original locked frame rate on PS3. Clearly they have put in the time and should charge whatever they think that is worth, but I already played that game. Yeah. So... As much as I want to play that DLC that I did not get around to yet, fifty bucks is—I think it might be a little out of what I want to pay right now for a game a second time around. Uh, but I'll eventually I, I, do it. I'm gonna get it only because it was my favorite game of last year, and I do kind of want to replay uh, at least some of it again. Um, and I've been kind of itching to do that lately. So this, this—I think now my girlfriend is out of town. Next weekend, I have nothing to do, so replaying The Last of Us and just having myself a good, solitary cry seems like a really mm. good way to, to have that weekend. <laughs> I'm going to curl up on the couch, wrap myself in blankets, and just, you know, just, just sob my little eyes out. Well, I don't know if to, to sob or to get excited about the fact that uh, Namco claims the Tekken Cross Street Fighter is still in development. Like, is, that a game, is that a game? Is that a game that anyone still wants? Does anyone I, want to see that game? 
You know what? Yes, I do. I actually did want to see that game when they first talked about it. That was the one I was more excited about because I really like Tekken. I've always enjoyed the Tekken series, and I would love to see what the Tekken dudes would do when faced with having to translate Street Fighter characters into that game. That at least sounded interesting to me, but it's been so fucking long at this point that that interest has, has almost bottomed out, especially now that they've already announced Tekken 7. It's like, all right. Well, if you're still working on this, you'd better get to it soon because you've got this other Tekken and I really want to play that. And I don't I like my my patience for this is wearing very much thin, especially after Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which was not great. Yeah. So I don't, we, yeah, unless that thing is I mean, I would love to see Street Fighter characters that are playing in the Tekken engine. I mean, that like but that, I yeah. want to see that mostly as a trailer. I don't I don't know if I really want to play that. But yeah, I, it know, could be terrible. I, it could actually be a terrible game. I have no idea. I just wanted to see it. And maybe we'll get to the point where we'll finally see it, and then I'll just never play it. Yeah. So I guess that's still coming. I don't know if I believe them on that, though. I'm not sure that I game will actually ship. I know they can say that, but I don't know. I'll believe it when it when it shows up. I mean, if you want to tell me there's like 10 dudes in Japan working on like an engine demo somewhere, sure, I'll believe that. But beyond that, I don't know. Uh, Telltale at Comic-Con confirmed they are going to do a season three of The Walking Dead, which I don't think that should surprise anyone. <laughs> no, no. I've already, uh, I, I threw my, my prediction for what season three of that game is going to be in the uh, the last recap I did. Uh, we'll see if I am proven correct or not, but uh, I have I have, I have have my own theories about where that story is going. Are, are you being completely hypothetical, or does the game, you know, again, don't explain what it is, but uh, are there elements in the series that seem to point towards an idea they have, or are you just completely conjecturing on what you'd like it to be? No, this is this is stuff that's pointed to within the story that I am kind of basing off of. It, that, what I... I don't know what I would want a season three of that game to be, but what I have predicted is purely based on the direction the story seems to be going, especially at the end of the very last episode. So we'll see. Hmm. Are you excited for a season three as someone that is a little bit further in the season than I am right now? It's going to depend on whether they stick the finale or not. If the finale is good, if they actually hit the landing, uh, then I will probably be a lot more excited for it than I am like right now. Because if because that last episode, again, kind of a bummer. So, uh. yeah, I'm I'm hopefully gonna finally play that tonight. But my I'm hoping that my, having tempered my expectations will maybe allow me to enjoy it a little bit more. Although my expectations have been kind of as much as I like to see episode three, uh, they've been kind of tempered, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, they uh, also Bioware had a Comic Con panel in which mm. they showed some footage from the next Mass Effect, which. You know, some people are calling Mass Effect 4, but I, I'm, they don't call it Mass Effect 4, and I'm starting to think that they're going to not. It'll be Mass Effect colon something uh, as opposed to a Mass Effect 4 because they're still being very coy about the timeline. The hints they were giving at Comic-Con were that it takes place during Shepard's lifetime but in a different part of the galaxy, whatever, yeah. whatever that means. But... But that it's not going to be an you know an instance where you're just you know it's not you're not going to be locked onto one planet like you're going to be exploring and they're bringing back the Mako and all that stuff. I just I think it's curious that they'll if they if it really is going to be you know during the Reaper threat and not before or after. I don't know. I guess I was hoping that it would be one or the other. Like I always thought the idea of you know, the origin story of the human race meeting aliens could be super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of, like, different wars and conflicts alluded to in the Mass Effect series that, you know, are just in, you know, the encyclopedia that you can read through. Um, I never quite thought they'd go after Shepard because having to choose a canonical ending seems like a, a shit show that they wouldn't want to be a part of because there are all sorts of different ways that can that can wiggle out, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure it'll still be fine, but from the outside looking in at that, I'm, I'm a little less excited about it. On a very minor point uh, that I would like to belabor here for a second, mm-hmm. um, 
I saw Manveer from from uh, Bioware yelling a little bit on Twitter, I think last week, where he said, "Hey, stop calling it Mass Effect Four. It's the next Mass Effect game. We have never called it Mass Effect Four. Uh, my rule with that is, if your uh, working title takes longer to say than just the title with a number in it, I'm not gonna do that <laughs> until you give me a real title. So when when Bioware gives us a real title for the next Mass Effect game, then that's what I'll call it. Until then, it's fucking Mass Effect Four. Deal with it. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I mean, Mass Effect Four is just shorthand. No one, I think, yeah. even when people are calling it Mass Effect Four, they're basically saying right. the fourth Mass Effect, not that it is. You, know, I think, I think, I think, even them pushing back on that is an indication that they don't want to go into the shit show that would be the post Shepard timeline. Like by because exactly. by saying Mass Effect Four, you imply a chronological forward progression that it seems like they're going to sidestep. Yeah. And unless you're so. doing like some volition, the next great sequel and the saints row franchise type shit, <laughs> not going to work for me. Sorry. Sorry. What do you want from another mass effect? God, I don't, again, I am not, I am not a diehard mass effect fan. I have really like the first one is the only one I have played to completion. So again, cause it's the best have... one. So you chose, you chose the right one. You chose mass effect one. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have tried to get me to finish Mass Effect 2, and it's not because I don't like it. It's just, I don't know. The the Bioware stuff has never been my favorite stuff, so I mm-hmm. it's, it takes a little work more work for me to get into it. Uh, I, I think I would be perfectly fine if they went the prequel route. I would definitely like to see some of the, the early universe stuff that they, they allude to, but, you know, it sounds like they never really get too deeply into throughout the, the, the main sequels. Um... I don't know. I say, you know, I, 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 I am not the person to really ask for that. I am not the kind of diehard fan who has like real specific expectations for that series. I just, I think this will be my opportunity to kind of jump back into Mass Effect stuff, and maybe that'll get me to finally finish the other couple of games. I don't know. Uh, I would just like to see them try something kind of wildly different story-wise. You know, just, just, just go to some other corner of that universe and do something kind of batshit. I would like to see that. That's fair. That is fair. Um, this is just a friendly reminder. Uh, I've just found a, a reason to mention the Swapper again, which is that the Swapper is coming to Wii U. That's right. Later this year. And uh, Swapper's a really good game. You should play the Swapper. It's You're right. I should a, play the Swapper. A really good video game. So <laughs> I like for any reason to tell people they should play the Swapper. And so this is my this is my instance where I'm going to tell people you should play the Swapper because it's coming to Wii U later okay. this year. It's okay. a great game played on all sorts of other platforms. It's on the the PS3 and the Vita. Is it on the PS4 as well? Probably. It, if not now, soon, probably. The Swapper. 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 Uh, and I don't really have any other Did you watch that Mad Max? Did you watch that Mad Max? I did watch that trailer for Mad Max. That movie looks like it's not going to be bad, which I was fearing for a long time. That was one of the most exciting goddamn trailers I have seen for a movie in a very long time. And I have become incredibly jaded and cynical toward, you know, movie marketing and all that kind of shit. Uh, that aroused the kind of feelings I, ex- the exact kind of feelings I wanted to see in a modern update of Mad Max. It was all there, right there. It looked ridiculous in the best ways possible. I guess my fear was A, Fury Road had a long delayed yes it did troubled production cycle like wasn't it gonna shoot and then it got canceled and then they did i don't know either way it's taken forever for this goddamn movie to come out and it so it, it kept making me wonder like it, i mean george miller has not made okay i don't want to sound too dismissive but he has not made a real movie in a long time no like, he a movie not. like this no, not not anything even remotely like this in quite some time. So yeah, there were many reasons to think this would not work out. But that trailer, in my mind, when you think oh about my God. bringing back an '80s movie in 2014, well, I guess 2015 when it oh actually comes God. out, it I looks totally, like that. I totally forgot he directed both Happy Feet movies. Right. That's I just looked him up on IMDb. That, that, Holy that's why. shit! I forgot about that. I mean, I know he lost like two years to trying to make that Justice League movie that got canceled yeah. weeks before shooting because 
Uh, Christopher Nolan said, nuh-uh, son. But, yeah, that man has not done a lot in a while. No. I mean, the last, I mean, significant movie that dude has made, uh, Babe, Pig in the City. Which I know people say is pretty good. It is! Both the, know, the, the Babe movies are not bad. That movie came out in 1998. Then he made the two Happy Feet movies. That was it. That was all he made throughout the 2000s. All right, so what if what if I told you this, that I have not seen any of the Mad Max films? Now... Wait. I know, I know, I know. Bear with me. Now, if I was to solve that, should I really watch Beyond the Thunderdome? I hear mixed feelings on, on, on the way that the Mad Max trilogy ends. Uh, Beyond Thunderdome is not a good movie at all. Mm. Uh, and I... I I think I maybe hate it just slightly less than most people do. It's but I it is definitely not a good movie. Is that the one with That's, Tina Turner? Uh Tina Turner is indeed in Beyond Thunderdome. Okay. So yeah, there is that. Uh for me, I don't know, man. Mad Max is the movie. Like Road Warrior is really good too, but Mad Max is kinda the the beginning and the end of it for me. Uh so I would say you could watch Thunderdome. But really, just watch the the, just watch the first two, just watch I, the first two. I feel bad. I was reminded about this blind spot watching that trailer, going, "Oh shit!" I don't know why I've never. Okay, I don't even know why. It's not like I've avoided it or wouldn't think I would fall in love with it. It's I don't know. I just have a blind spot with those films. I'm sure I'm going to fucking love them when I actually yeah. play it. No, it. those first two movies are spec. Spectacular. Uh, a lot of people, like, there are people who will say, no, just watch The Road Warrior. No, I think I think Mad Max on its own, the original Mad Max, is still a really amazing movie, uh, especially for, you know, kind of coming out when it did. So I would say those those two definitely, those two definitely need to, need to be seen. Are they on Blu-ray? Uh, they should be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, I, I don't I don't own them on Blu-ray. I own them on DVD, but yeah, yep. I think they're both on Blu-ray. They, def- they definitely are. They definitely are. Okay, I will have to... 1981. Wow, okay. Wow, really? Right? And Beyond the Thunderdome... Or Beyond Thunderdome. I keep saying Beyond the Thunderdome. But uh, 1985. All right, well, okay. Yeah, that movie came out when I was born, so, you know, be excused if I haven't seen it, but that's still not a... That's not a good reason. Yeah. Those... Oh, those... That, that video game is still coming out. It is, and that's that's the, still the Just Cause people, right? Mm-hmm. God, yeah. I guess I'm more excited for that game now, having seen that trailer. No, nothing yeah, about the, I mean, the Mad Max trailers for the video game. I mean, I, I look at it, and I'm like, okay, it's the Just Cause guys. I'll absolutely play it, because I trust they can create something crazy. But, you know, if they're making something tonally like this new film, then, okay, sure, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I if... I mean, again, I always trusted those guys to handle that franchise because they understand the kind of ridiculous that something Mad Max should be. That doesn't mean I don't really just wish they were working on another Just Cause game, but I maybe, like, if, again, if that movie's good, here's hoping the game can, because, oh, God, a really good Mad Max game would be fucking amazing. I just, it's really hard to trust that anyone could actually make that. What I really enjoyed, I, the, the, you know, the, I watched the Mad Max bit uh, when the when the trailer went up yesterday, and then um, was reading some of the excerpts from the panel he was on talking about it. He's like, "Oh, I just wanted to make a chase movie. Like the idea that this could just be a ninety-minute, big-budget summer blockbuster, but well-made, kind of like Rise of the Planet of the Apes or Dawn of the Planet, whatever the most recent one was. Like the idea that it's like a a smart, big-budget blockbuster that also just happens to be a ninety-minute chase film. That sounds fucking awesome." Yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's my homework assignment to you. Go watch okay. Mad Max and and The Road Warrior. All right, I'm on it. I can. That's uh, there are. I've gotten worse homework assignments in my life. Oh, yeah, probably far worse. And uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, really, I don't really have anything else from Comic Con or other than uh, Norm Chan's uh, cosplay gallery. That was kind of the only thing I really cared that much about that came out of Comic-Con was the the Mad Max stuff. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I like I I I feel so numb to all the movie stuff that comes out of there these days that it's it's really hard for me to really care all that much. It's like, okay, cool, more about Avengers and whatever. Great. Fucking Mad Max, man. If they can actually reboot that right. Oh. Yeah, I'm with you. So what uh, what are you up to this week? 
Oh, what am I up to this week? Uh, Vinny and I have a couple of things on the docket. I think we're going to record a proper Encyclopedia Bomb Asuka for uh, NFL 2K5 this week. We, the live thing ended up being kind of rushed and had some uh, some tech problems, so we're going to do a real video for that this week. Uh, other than that, it's just going to be kind of whatever is on the Quick Look calendar. And I think we're going to finally start filming ourselves setting up the studio because pieces of equipment are starting to show up. Uh, Vinny got his new sound mixer, uh, which is part of the reason why we had audio issues last Friday, because he was trying to experiment with that while also run a live broadcast. So uh, we might have some stuff around that. We'll see. What do you uh, What do you got coming up? Well, first, I'm... I don't like what... Cabrit uh, Sands Core says, not to go back to Mad Max, but I'm going to go back to Mad Max. It <laughs> uh, says, the original U.S. theatrical run of Mad Max had the Australian accents dubbed out. That what? Okay, I don't think I've ever seen that version then because I never saw that movie in theaters or anything like that. I've only seen it uh, either on TV or on video, and I remember having the original Australian accent. So I don't think I've ever seen that dubbed version. That's well, I guess yeah. I mean, those, those movies are shot in Australia, largely Australian actors, right? So I guess yeah, not a surprise. It'd be real Aussie, but Mel Gibson, man. Man. Remember Mel Gibson? I, don't we all? Don't we all? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we don't. Maybe we There don't. was a time. There was a time. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah. later today I'll have a, a big uh, interview feature going up with uh, Barry Mead, who is one of the primary developers of The Room. We talk a lot about uh, porting The Room to the PC and then uh, spend a substantial amount of time talking about uh, the mobile market uh, that I think the arguments he makes... You know, a lot of folks uh, that read a site like Giant Bomb will be awfully sympathetic to about where all that stuff is going, the potential impact it might have on consoles, and it comes from a guy who uh, works on a team that has had success charging money for a video game in a market where everyone's running away from that uh, that very thing. So there's a lot of really smart, interesting things said in that, so look for that later today. Um, I will probably play more of that Kim Kardashian game and then write something about it, so I can try and try and provide because I feel like some of the write-ups have n maybe given that game a little too much leeway on the game part uh, maybe we need to bring sure. that back down to earth a little bit so uh, so I might do something on that and then I have a huge post-mortem interview uh, with the programmer on Shovel Knight talking about the the making of that game and uh, kind of what they've got planned for the future including we talk a lot about some of the fights they had over the course of that game uh, in in terms of you know what is allowed for an 8-bit game and what isn't allowed for an 8-bit game. So uh, there's some, some interesting stuff there. And uh, I might later this week have an interview with uh, the guy who won Evo, who also oh, awesome. um, won it with a PlayStation 1 controller. So <laughs> Yeah, the, the, you mean the, the Street Fighter tournament, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah the main event. The main um, event. So yeah, so hopefully uh, I'll be able to get that up later in the week as well. So a bunch of stuff coming down the pike. And uh, yeah, that'll, that'll bring us to Friday where... Indeed. I guess I'll have to talk to you again. I know, right? Ugh. So, Alex, I'll see you then. Woo.